You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Tyler Brooks. Say what's up to the people, Tyler. What's up, people? Uh, I, I think I have an idea uh, of what we're going to talk about to start. I'm assuming it's uh, Aaron Rodgers and not draft prospects. Aaron Rodgers. Another <laughs> update. Can you believe it? Get... Did you think we were going to be here on April 7th and not have a deal done with the Jets? Depends on asked me, but kind of. Yeah, it's it's a mess. I don't know if the draft is an actual deadline. Um, I think we talked about this last episode, but the, the Charles Robinson uh, trade package that, you know, he reported for Yahoo Sports seems to be like what everyone else is reporting now, which is... Yeah what I was told to, right? Like, I was like, believe this. So it's basically a uh, 2023, so this upcoming draft, a second-round pick, a second-round pick the next year that they could turn into a first based off of uh, a bunch of different type of team performance things, right? So in some circumstances, you would say, like, if they win a playoff game, or if they win a home playoff game, or if they win the division. All of those things are pretty tough. Uh, I don't know how many Packers fans need to hear this. Winning playoff games is hard, even when you have Aaron <laughs> Rodgers at quarterback. So I, I don't think in, any of those are a gimme. So I, I don't think you can bank on getting a first-round pick out of that. Plus, the Jets want a 2025 pick back that would you would assume would be a pretty high draft pick. Right. So if they're paying two second round picks for two years of Aaron Rodgers, you could do the math there and say if he's not going to play in 2024, then the Jets are going to want back a second round pick in 2025. There's a real chance that if the Packers accepted that trade, right? Let's say the Jets get in as a wild card team, they lose in the first round of the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers retires, the Packers would be giving up a higher pick in 2025 than what they would receive in 2024. So they would basically just net that second round Jets pick. That's why all this stuff hasn't gone through yet. And there was the report from, I'm spacing on his name right now. He hosts a morning show for uh, FS1. Greg Carthen, something like that? Yeah. I had never heard of him before. I'm going to be completely honest. He's a a New York guy. I guess he used to be on like WFAN and stuff like that, which is what Francesa used to be on and stuff. Um, apparently San Francisco is getting in the mix. It's not that they're like fully involved, but the the way that he put it was like, they're, they're watching to see if, if the jets fumble this basically. Cause I think. Which is the pro- probability is high. It is the jet at this point. It's been four weeks. Yeah. It's been four weeks. So, you know, we're closer to the draft than we are Rogers announcing that his intention was to play with the jets, even though he's working out right now with, Alan Lazar down in California. 
Um, I thought he was buying. I thought he was buying healing crystals right now. I thought that was the big thing. Going he on. he was. Yeah, that got reported on TMZ for some reason. I don't understand how that is news. Um, but the San Francisco offer apparently is multiple third round picks and a first round pick next year. So San Francisco doesn't have a first or second this year. They have three thirds. Does multiple mean two? Does multiple mean three? Who knows? But San Francisco is willing to give up the highest pick out of the trade package and the most amount of picks. And I don't think they're conditional. So yeah. When has have a third round pick ever not panned out for the green Bay Packers? So that sure. was the response. A lot of the commenters at APC had, they were like, no third round picks. Do not take them. Who doesn't know what to do with them? By the way, we, I did a, a breakdown where I went through and I reviewed every single one of uh, Goot's picks over the last five drafts for Acme Packing Company, if you guys want to go check that out this week. Um, you guys aren't wrong that he ha- he's been very bad in the third round. So, <laughs> that is great. the Aaron Rodgers update. But what we're here to talk about is yes. the edge rushers. My favorite position. Um, watch- it's just so fun. Yeah. I watched 15 guys. I'm proud of you, Justin. That's why we have to release this on a Friday. Before I go to a WWE wrestling event <laughs> that my buddies want to go to. Um, let me pull up the consensus board right now. I think this is a pretty good draft class. Um, usually there's not that much depth in like the second, third type of rounds. And I think there is actually value there this yeah, year. And with the 15 guys, I mean, maybe some of that bleeds into day three even like the very Uh, top of it i mean i guess we'll we'll see on draft day in a couple weeks but um, i think the thing the thing i enjoyed about it so much is like there's i think there's quite a bit of the depth at the top of the draft class but it's all definitely like a pick your flavor kind of edge class too like there's just so many different shapes and sizes that well yeah at the top will anderson number three alabama guy that people have been talking about for two years about being potentially the top defender off the board. I think he's probably got the best chance of it now that the Jalen Carter stuff has happened, the defensive lineman out of Georgia. I do think, I guess let's talk about these two at the top together. Cause I do think Tyree Wilson, who's ranked six on the consensus board, the pass rusher out of Texas tech, he transferred in from uh, Texas A&M. I think that there's a chance that he could go. Yeah. First defender off the board. And I think that opportunity is Arizona. Um, Apparently, Will Anderson has some knee issues that are concerning to some teams and not concerning to others. Had not heard that. I think Arizona's situation is really interesting is probably not the right word, but let's just say interesting to keep the conversation going. Their general manager had a, a DUI on his record that is going to impact the selection of potentially taking Jalen Carter. Right. Like I think we could see how that through line gets, gets drawn through there. So I don't, I don't think Carter's in the mix in Arizona. I think Anderson's knee is a little bit of a question mark. And then Wilson potentially could go up to third overall. I think they're both really good players. They're different. Wilson is, you know, much longer. Will Anderson's kind of like the smaller edge bender type of guy. Some people might compare Anderson to like a Von Miller. I think that's a little rich for me, but I think he's still, you know, yeah, 
easily one of the both of these guys are these two and Carter are the top three non quarterbacks in this class. I think. I think. I think I understand. Like I, I have Will Anderson as my top ranked player. Right. I just think he was so special a year ago, and even this year, like with the def- uh, offenses he's going against, planning against him, he still had a good year. Um, the reason I think Wilson could go higher is because I feel like Anderson, you already know what you're going to get, right? Like you're going to get an undersized edge that can, you know, play the run fairly well. His backside pursuit is outrageous and he's going to get sacks. Wilson is this big ball of clay, like literally big, um, that, you know, lacks a little polish and his disciplines a little out there, but like when you can harness him and work on the technique, I mean, he's going to be outrageous, man. He's so big. When I hear Cardinals at three, though, that just sounds like a disaster to me waiting to happen. So many of these guys that they've taken in recent years where you're like thinking like, I always think of Isaiah Simmons. Like this guy is such a chess piece. Someone gets him in the right scheme and it's going to unlock him and just nothing has happened. Um, this and pick it's, for the- it's not just it. It's Zayvon Collins is another one. They didn't get the most out of uh, who was it? The Temple pass rusher that ended up going to uh, Hassan Reddick. Hassan Riddick, you know, they, I guess they kind of nailed it with Buda Baker, but outside of that, they've been taking these project defensive guys who don't really, I mean, Kandiche was another one. Like, they, oh my gosh, they're yeah. littered wow. with the failed careers of these project guys. So to me, with a new era and a new head coach and all of this, I think t- you would want to start it with a guy that's like super character has had the college production you know what you're gonna get you don't have to like really like harness him in so to me like that's where i keep going back to will anderson like to me he's the best player in this draft class i know he's a little undersized you mentioned the knee thing which i had not heard before but i just love the way he plays against the run again if you're running away from him he's so explosive he can catch up and get tfls from the backside. and then as a pass rusher i just think he's quite gifted um he's a very fun prospect but yeah i have top 10 grades on both the guys like Anderson is just the overall guy that you want in your locker room that's a great player. And then Wilson's just the freak with the potential that's going to be outrageous. The third guy on the list on the consensus draft board, number 15, Lucas Van Ness. Um, interesting watch. So I yeah. so I had been exposed to Anderson and Wilson before, right? Um, I don't think they're relevant in any conversation about the Green Bay Packers. There's I agree. Short of one of them. God forbid getting in like a car accident on the way to the draft, right? Like they're not going to be there at number 15. Um, Lucas Van Ness ranked 15th should be right around that range. Um, Technically was not a starter for Iowa rotated into uh, the lineup often was easily their best defensive lineman, which I thought was interesting why they, I mean, he was, he, he declared as a redshirt sophomore. So maybe it was like a seniority thing for, you know, not being named the actual starter, but I thought he was pretty good, man. He he's my yeah. third ranked guy. I mean, as far as the consensus board, one, two, three, I'm in lockstep with him one, two, three. It's Anderson Wilson Van Ness. Um thought he had really good hand placement. He can convert speed into power. He locks out his arms. He uses every bit of that length that he has. I think he's a much better chase player than Miles Murphy. So like you leave him unblocked off the backside of the edge when you're running I had written that down as outside well, yeah. zone he's going to chase it down he plays around everywhere lines up on the guard lines up outside he's done some pressure nose stuff I don't think he knows how to line up in a two-point stance yet like that like you could see him against Ohio State you know two very good tackles who are going to get drafted probably in 
if not the first round, the first two rounds, right? Paris Johnson will for sure, their left tackle. He's getting lined up in a two-point stance, and he's like fidgeting the entire time. Like he can't get his base right or anything like that. Definitely could use some work on that. I think he's really green. Again, against Ohio State, there were plays where, you know, it was a handoff, and he's respecting the boots so much that he's popping CJ Stroud every single time. And it's like, settle down, buddy. You don't, you don't <laughs> need to be doing that. Like you're going to get a flag at some point. Um, yeah. Definitely room to grill, but I think he makes sense as like a designated pass rusher type of guy. Like he's more in the Rashawn Gary mold than like the Preston Smith mold, which yeah, I don't know. Do you want to play two of those guys? I'm I'm not totally sure, but I think he'd be pretty damn good at it. Yeah. I mean, I have him like in the top 15, but like edge five sounds bad. But, I mean, the top of this edge class is just all, you know, stud prospects that will go in the first round. Um, I wrote down a lot of the same notes you had. I noticed it – you talked about the fidgeting out of the two-point stance. A couple times it felt like maybe it was false stepping or just, like, his first step isn't great to cover that ground. Um, and that's especially hard when you're going against Dewan Jones, who is just going to engulf you. And, Massive. Who shows up at 370 yeah. at the combine. <laughs> um. I, I don't know if the hand placement or like the hand technique. I don't think he has a plan of attack besides I'm gonna bowl, but he's so athletic and like strong that it works. Um yeah. I think he can help in the run because he has that upper body strength. Um but yeah, like you talked about, just super green, more reps will help, more technique work. Um I I kept hearing about him and I finally watched him this past week. He was like the last guy I ended up watching. And I was really worried that I was just going to be disappointed. I was not like he, it is very fun to watch that athletic profile and a bull rusher. It's um, it's impressive. And you can absolutely see a future in the NFL there. Yeah. I I get it. If you want to make that pick, um, I wouldn't be mad at all. I wouldn't no, be, if, if he I was would be pick 15, I'd be like, all right, we have two crazy pass rushers coming off the edge between him and Gary. And you can kick him inside at times too, which I like the yeah. idea of. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Next edge rusher, number four, and again, we're going to try to get through these pretty quick because there's fifteen of them who are right in the <laughs> yeah, top one hundred on the consensus board. Number sixteen is uh, Miles Murphy, the edge rusher out of Clemson. I watched him. I have him graded behind Van Ness. Um, he's like right on the edge of like where you want these outside linebackers to be, kind of athletically. I think that he's more in the Preston Smith role than the Rashawn Gary role. Like he's not the best bender. He can slant. Well, he's a bigger body can play out of a two and a three point stance more of like an all round player than anything else. He doesn't have the best get off. I don't think, but even when he was like in a three and four point stance, Clemson did crazy stuff where they would drop him into coverage. And, yeah. you know, he, he looked fine moving into space for one of those, you know, bigger type of guys. So, if Van Ness is the Rashawn Gary who's available, Miles Murphy is like the Preston Smith, if that makes sense. I, th- I think yeah. I think Van Ness is a better player, but if I'm pairing some with pairing someone with Rashawn Gary long term, I almost wonder if I would go with Murphy instead of Van Ness. I um I love Murphy, like I really do. Uh, I actually I'll push back a little on the bursts and the bend things. 
Um, just cause I, I mean, you look at his frame and I tried to make it in context. Like he is one of the bigger edges. He's, yeah. you know, physically similar to Van Ness, but I think his, his first step significantly better off the snap. Um, and then the other thing I wrote down, I thought, I think I came away when I was watching a bunch of Clemson games really impressed with was like his motor and like effort shows up all four quarters. He's not one of these edges that, you know, gets rotated out and like gets gassed by the end of the game. Like he's showing up all quarters. Uh, he's going to play the run. I, I just think there's such a skill set there where he does have a couple moves in his bag as a pass rusher. I do think he can cover ground, but he also has that play strength to play the run. And like you said, I think that's the best way to put it. Like, you know, if you want the complimentary role to Rashawn Gary long-term, Miles Murphy's that guy. Uh, I have him as edge three. I'm a huge fan of him. I just think with that profile, athleticism and extension, arm length, everything I saw in film, I think the profile matches to be like a really good all-around edge rusher. The fifth guy on the list, number 18, Nolan Smith out of Georgia. I don't Small. know if he's an edge rusher. Yeah, he played in the <laughs> 230s. He's obviously very athletic. He was injured for a bit last year. He looks and plays thin. I think he's, if he is an edge rusher, it's probably only with, you know, three, four defenses, right? Yep. I think if you're a 4-3 team, you're probably going to try to play him at, at Sam linebacker, you know, strong side and maybe do some of like the Bruce Irvin stuff with him where he's like mm, half an ooh, edge rusher, half an a linebacker. One. I like that. Yeah. Georgia played that dumb mint tight defense. So that didn't <laughs> even use a full-time edge rushers on both sides. I hate it. Um, don't hate the player. Just don't think he's like super savvy as a pass rusher right now. No. And at that point, if you're that, it, if you need to put 20 pounds on a guy and also teach him pass rushing technique and he's coming off of injury, like that's just a lot of stuff for me. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, just play him at linebacker, get him a couple rush reps. Like maybe he gets on third down when you're playing dime and you get to pl- take a nose tackle off the ball. And maybe Gary is playing at like three technique or something like that, instead of playing on the edge. And then you could turn Nolan Smith loose, but I don't know. I, I just, I have him as my edge. Uh, six. Okay. So I guess I'm a little lower than, than the consensus on him. I think the reasons I still kept him high on the board, I have him as edge four. um, off the charts, just character guy. Like, right. Um, hearing him talk with a coach at the combine that just spoke glowingly of him. Um, I don't know if we should mention the coach, but should we just tell the story of no, what he don't did? Don't mention the coach. You I'm not going to mention the coach. Tell the story. Do not say the name of the coach. Yeah, I'm not going to say the name of the coach. Um, but he basically, during their interview, they both decided to take their wrestle as, as the interview. Because uh, I think they just got very fired up talking to each other. Uh, <laughs> what a guy. Um just hearing him talk, he's very fired up. Uh, his athletic profile is so unique as an edge rusher. Yeah. Uh, if you put, put him as a wide receiver, he would have a 10 RAS. Uh, like, that's just the kind of uh, athlete we're working with here. I will say, I am stunned at how he handles the run for how incredibly undersized he is at that position. Yeah. That is one benefit to his game. Um, sixth ranked on the consensus board. So now we're talking about firm second rounder, I think. 34th overall, Will McDonald, Iowa State. This is actually my fifth ranked guy. Wow. I like him. You do? I like him. 
Yeah, uh, man. he's a small. He's a small guy too. Played in the two thirties. Very athletic. Played in that terrible fake defense that we should ban and the three, like three, five. legislate. Yeah, they they play, I, Iowa State plays the actual like three high safety. Like they'll play split safeties and then a post safety inside of it. It's disgusting. They basically have McDonald, who's two thirty, sometimes playing inside of the offensive tackle, and he's just getting windshield wiper down blocked by by these massive offensive tackles in the Big Twelve that they have because everyone's running counter and power. Um, I think he has a really good spin move, good hand placement, leverage when he's not slanting and not in a massive mismatch playing inside. I think the thing that impressed me the most is this guy knows how to rush the passer, which is a breath oh, of yeah. fresh air he absolutely does. Yeah. out of these guys. Cause there's so many of these guys who are just playing out of position at the college level that Will McDonald actually understands when I have an offensive tackle in a one-on-one situation and I have a two-way go on this guy, I know that my speed can beat him outside and I have a counter move that can beat you back inside. And that sounds like basic principles of football, like stuff you should be teaching at the high school level. But a lot of these guys aren't getting those looks at the college level. And that, that's one reason I like him. By the way, he was a Packers visit. He came in, um, I think, two weeks ago. So, you know, Green Bay should be interested in him. Pass rushing is is very impressive with him. You mentioned the spin. I've heard comps where his upside is a pass rusher. I need a second because it hurts to say out loud. Dwight Freeney. Um, All right. Well, that's a little much for me. Yeah. But. Yeah, that is a lot. I have him as edge 14. Uh, oh, big split. I He's very undersized. Uh, our buddy Derek Class in the Combine killed me with the comp, said he looks like Slenderman, as a, if <laughs> Slenderman was an edge rusher. Uh, it's bad against the run, man. Like, instead of shooting his hands, he just kind of like... Mentally, I'm deleting all the 4i film. All, anything bad. where he's lining up inside of a tackle... I'm putting that on coaching. Why did you put the 230-pounder inside <laughs> of a guy who weighs 100 pounds more than you, and you're in, inviting a down block? So his that, vibes, his his vibes, even in that though, are just like he's instead of trying to like shoot his hands and like keep his chest clean, he's just kind of like leaning on guys. Um, that's fair. It, I thought that was like capital U ugly, but again, I have a day two grade on him. I think the upside is tremendous as a pass rusher. I would not want him in on early downs. I think he's the fourth best pure pass rusher in this class. Sure. You can say yeah, he's a very, very good pass rusher. Yeah. Anderson, Wilson, and then Van Ness to me. And then I would go with Will McDonald after that. Um, next guy. And I guess I'm, I'm looking at the consensus board now, and I think it's changed a little bit. And now I feel very chalk. Uh, Felix Anudike Uzoma? Is that how you, you say it? I've been saying Anudike Uzama. I don't know. If okay. Um, from Kansas State. I like them too. I have yeah. exact placed exactly where we have him on the consensus draft board, which is, you know, the seventh edge rusher. I thought he can bend a little bit. He hasn't run yet this offseason because of a foot injury. Um, not not worried about it. I think athleticism, it's there. Uh, they, again, you're going to hear me say this a lot in this class. 
they played that dumbass defense where he has to play inside. I hate it. Ban the Big 12 from television. <laughs> Find them until they can play real four-down defenses. Um, so there's games where, you know, he's going against Oklahoma and he's lining up inside and Harrison, the tackle who might go, you know, in the first round is caving his head in, but it's because he's lining up inside. I mean, yeah. If you delete all those reps from your memory and you're looking <laughs> at where he's going to play at the NFL level, yeah, he's pretty damn good at it. So I wouldn't be surprised if like that se- that second round pick, you know, who, I mean, the Jets are picking around the same range, right? So whatever second round pick they end up getting, um, I wouldn't be surprised if like he was the pick, like he, yeah. he seems to make sense in that range. I really like, I think he's got a, a much better build than McDonald, like his arm. For, sure. For sure. Um, you can see him get extended against the run. I like, and then you, you talked about guys having like a bag of tricks, like McDonald already knowing how to rush the passer. It's not always pretty with Andy Dikiyuzama, but there are reps where I like audibly, when you audibly make noises sitting alone at your computer watching film, like that's how you know you start liking a guy. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen him pull a ghost move that was beautiful. I've seen him turn like an inside swim back out and just like cause an uh, offensive back yes. like fall over. Which is like, you only do that when you're lining up in a four eye because it's not real football. But yeah, <laughs> I, I also saw that and I was like, I, because we used to make a joke. Um, when we were in the XFL and we were like, I've never seen an outside spin, like actually work. And then I finally saw one on film from this kid and I was like, what so the beautiful. hell? <laughs> it was like the, the rules, the angles, the math of the sport has changed because of the college defenses. Yeah. I so it. I have him as edge 10 and I don't mean that's a knock cause it's still a top 50 grade. Um, I have a lot of edges in my top 50. He he has those flashes to me where I'm just like, this kid could be sensational at the next level. The next guy, 45th on the consensus board, BJ Ojolari from LSU. I like him too. Yep. I think I, I watched him. He was one of the guys where immediately I'm excited because he actually has a get off, which is not yes, he does. across the board in this draft class. Again, because edge the edge situation in college is so weird. He's battling a hamstring, so uh, he didn't – I believe he didn't run at the combine. Doctors told him not to run at the pro day, but he still ran at the pro day. So his numbers might not have been as good as uh, you would expect. He he, uh, showed up a little under 250 pounds at the combine. He's not very strong, but he has a get-off. He knows how to rush the passer, and I think his lateral agility is really good. There's a lot of guys in this class where – you can let him rush the passer, but they're a C gap only guy, right? Like you want him playing a half man on the tackle, and that's pretty much it. Ojolari is a guy that you could stunt, you could play inside. Like I think teams that want to play a lot of man and want to move those pieces around, I think they'll love Ojolari. Like I think yeah. Patton would have liked him more than probably Barry will, but I think he's a really fun player. I just love the effort, man. Like you said, he his get off's great. Um, he does not slow down when contact's coming. Too many guys just like subconsciously start slowing their feet, or like I think they play to the guy and not through the guy, you know. And I think that's I think shows... that's why he's so good on stunts too, is because yeah. he's a he's a loose athlete and he's like not scared of guards. He's like, oh yeah, yeah I'll just half man the guard and <laughs> rip him and get to the quarterback. Cool, done. It's he's a very fun evaluation because it's another high effort player too. Um, I really like uh, again, even if he's not the strongest, I think he can at least get extended and it's going to help him out a little bit. 
Um, I have him as edge eight, man. Like I, I really like the way his game plays. Um, I think the dip bend explosiveness are there. Uh, I like your point about being able to, you know, mix him up on some of these scheme stuff. Uh, he's fun. Uh, it's, it's unreal. Like we're still going through here and like just top 50 grades on so many guys. There All the guys um, that I've, yeah. So that's what eight guys we've mentioned so far. If any of those guys are available with a second round pick that the Packers own, I'd be cool with the team taking them. I Everybody. still have more guys I'd take in the second round, but I know I'm in the minority there. The next guy on the consensus draft board, 46, out of Northwestern. You go with the name. I've been studying it, so don't worry. Adi Tomiwa Adibare. Adibare. Okay. He's a powerful edge setter. I don't – this is the opposite of Ojolari, right? I yeah. don't think you want him moving gaps because of his lateral speed. I think he's a little stiffer there. I don't think he knows how to rush the passer yet. Like, he's a plus run defender, I think, as a powerful edge setter. But as a pass rusher, it's still all you got to coach him up. He reminds me a lot of Contavious Street, who was drafted in the fourth round, but he was coming off of an ACL tear, so who knows how high he would have gone if not for the ACL tear. This guy's talked about as, like, a second-round pick. I think that's a little too rich for me, but I get it as as the edge setter and. He's ninth on the consensus board. I have him ninth, you know, on my edge ranking. So I, I also have him ninth, actually. Hey, consensus. There yeah. we go. Um, to me, he's he's a defensive end. He's not an outside guy, right? Like, you know, hand in the dirt. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You you definitely want him in the three point. I mean, he's playing in a four point sometimes at Northwestern. Yeah. Um, definitely don't want him dropping back into coverage. I mean, no. At, at this point, yeah, it's just have him set the edge because he can reset the line of scrimmage and hope that within two years he knows how to rush the passer. I mean, it's going to be a big coach's responsibility to get him ready. I will say of the, all the edges I watch, I feel I, I'm pretty confident in saying that he has some of the best teach tape as far as how you want to like take on a blocker against the run. Like, yeah, he's really he's really good as a, as a run defender. Yeah. It's just the pass rusher. It's I thought I was going to see a whole lot more out of someone who is that athletic. You know? Yeah. Athletic profile is freaky. Um, yeah. I, I even wrote down, doesn't look like he has a plan of attack on this pass rush, limited lateral explosiveness on twists and stunts. Um, they show up, they show up pretty egregiously, but again, the straight line stuff, um, the, the toughness and play strength in the trenches. I don't think it fits what green Bay is looking for necessarily. Um, but I, I could, schemes where I think he would fit quite well. The next guy on the list, number 49 on the consensus draft board, Keon White, the uh, pass rusher out of Georgia Tech. I don't know if you call him pass rusher, actually. Georgia Tech also plays that weird defense. Um, he got a lot of four-eye looks. He is more of a length and strength type of guy. Yeah. Converted tight end out of Old Dominion, transferred uh, to Georgia Tech. He plays really high, and yep. he ends up on the ground a lot. And those are the two things I wouldn't want to see out of a length and strength guy. Um, not the biggest fan of him. He's 10th on the consensus draft board. I ended up ranking him 14th out of the 15 edge rushers that I saw. Um, probably would not touch him until day three. I don't know how yeah. you feel about him. He is my last uh, top 50 guy just because off potential alone. But I'm looking back at my notes now. It's one of those guys you look at 
you kind of like throw a grade on there, right? And then don't really go back to it. But as you're talking about it, I mean, I literally have written down not sold on his balance. I think he could be, uh, I think his uh, he's big. lateral agility is no questionable. No one could doubt that he's not big, but like outside of that, I, I don't really know what he does. You mentioned the pad level and stuff. Like when pulling blockers are coming across the formation with him, he's just not prepared for it. You know, he's not wrong arming. He's not doing any techniques you're asked to against a polar. So he's just getting clobbered there. He's flying too far upfield. Um, it's another guy where like the straight line explosiveness and size is what makes him so appealing. So, I mean, I have him two spots behind Adibare, but you know, the balance issues, if that's your game, um, I might go back and rewatch him and revisit this one. Uh, this might be one I marked down because, you know, I, I haven't really moved him around much. Uh, and now that you're bringing it up and I'm looking at my own notes that I wrote down when you have so many notes, you just kind of like not think about it. Yeah, I might I might lower this guy. The next guy on the board, this is your guy, Isaiah Foskey, uh, Notre Dame, 55 on the consensus draft board. So we're talking about, you know, mid to late second round pick. This is right. I have two guys that we I haven't talked about ahead of Foskey. Um, pass rush plans, I think he gets taken out with a chip. He holds his water as a run defender. He's a team captain. Good hand placement, but I don't think he has a lot of power. I think his bend is inconsistent. I think it's there, but it's inconsistent. Seems very smart. Um, Is comfortable dropping into coverage. I almost, the more I watched him, because I did go back and watch him um, before I started ranking all these guys. I I wonder if he could play linebacker like Derek Barnes. Remember we talked about Derek Barnes? Oh, my gosh. Was it like two years ago? The guy who. Purdue, right? Yeah, he was out. He was out of Purdue. He was a true pass rusher. His first what three years at Purdue, and then his last year, he moved to like Mike linebacker. But then on third downs, they would still have him rush the passer. It was a very unique type of thing. I think Foskey, just based off of how he plays football, like I think he's smart enough to do that, and I think that's probably his best role because I don't just from like a pure athletic trait standpoint. Plus the fact that he's not the biggest guy. I don't know if I want him as an edge rusher full time. I, I think there you can maximize him more if you did get him some some off ball linebacker snaps. Do you I mean he his measurements are like almost six five, two sixty two. Do you think that's too big to play off ball? No, because I mean the top guys in this draft are like that size when people talk about <laughs> Noah Sewell Jack. and stuff like that. Jack Campbell, edge rusher. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I did. Uh, my first exposure to him was watching Van Ness, and I was like, "Why is this edge rusher playing linebacker right now? <laughs> this guy should be dropped down." But yeah, I just, I don't know. I I felt like watching Foskey. I was like, "This is like a third, fourth round pass rusher," but I feel like he could be higher than that as a linebacker, especially in the climate today with so many just terrible off-ball linebackers in the NFL, frankly. And yeah, we're not seeing college develop them. I mean, the last slam dunk linebacker prospect was probably Roquan. Yep. He's on a vet contract now. That's how long ago that was. So Man. I'd be taking I, chances with some of these guys at linebacker. That's what – I guess that's more of my takeaway. I'm like, oh, loaded edge class. We could find some linebackers that people aren't going to consider <laughs> linebackers and draft them later. Well, well, what's funny is like all of the off-ball linebacker prospects in this class are considered edges, basically, because they're so weird. 
Um, Foskey, man, um, you, you have that theory, right? When you have someone that doesn't watch a lot of football, watch a football game. Uh, and then you're like, uh, you like know, the five-year-old see... test. Yeah. Yes. Well, we did that with my girlfriend at the, uh, at the Notre Dame game. And she was like, this guy's, this guy's impressive. Um, he wins through athleticism sometimes on his pass rush. When you say he doesn't have a plan of attack, but there's some pass rush reps. I mean, we were there against Cal and he has like a guy in his chest and he's just got so much length to him that he just literally like grabs the quarterback while just totally engulfed by a blocker, brings him down. Other thing to import, like we got Rich Passaccia making all these moves. Foskey is a four down player. He, yeah, multiple punt blocks in college. Just like he a would, lot of he would be very fun on on specials. Like he is I, the profile yeah. of the guy who would be very good at special teams. Yeah, I just think there's so much I liked about him. I mean, that goal line stand, back to back plays right at him where he just blows it up on goal line stands. Uh, I do think he's actually pretty dang good against the run because I think his techniques there and the size is there. Sure. Um, yeah, I think you're a little bit right. The the bench flashes, but it's not consistent. Um, which would make sense given his frame. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm just super high on everything I've learned about him and just like the role that he can play. I have him as edge six with the first round grade. Ooh, big split again. I think that's what who are Will McDonald and Foskey are yep. the two big ones we're split on right now. Um, yep. the next guy, so this is tail end of the second round, 61 overall, Derek Hall out of Auburn. Thought he was okay. Ranked in 13th mm. out of all the guys. Not very strong. He's just at the size that you want an edge rusher to be. I, again, wrote another note of, like, he might have a future at off-ball linebacker. I think That one really, I could see. I could really see that one. He's really active, but I don't think he knows how to play the position yet. And, again, like, yeah. anytime we get hit with, like, good athlete, little small, tries really hard, doesn't know how to play football yet, I'm like, linebacker. Throw him at the linebacker coach. So that's my take see, on him. See, this one I could actually see more of that role you were talking about, like the Derek Barnes role. Uh, I think this is the prime candidate for that one. Um, I think a lot of his deficiencies in the run game are more technique, maybe not technique, but more of timing. I think he's trying to think about technique too long, and I think that's like sacrificing actual power in it. But I think he plays with his hair on fire, and he does have some of the – he might be the best inside move rusher in this class, in my opinion. I think some of the ways he sets up his pass rush is just a thing of beauty because his lateral quickness is so good with that length that he can really pull up some nice moves, setting up a guy outside, getting across his face, getting in the pocket. Um, and he's just one of those guys. It's like Sidney Brown in the safety cl- class, right? Like I think he plays like a psycho sometimes, and I absolutely yeah. love it. I think – yeah, I think a lot of these guys are interesting. I, I wonder if Green Bay will look at some of these smaller guys because traditionally they've looked at, you know, what, like 265 and bigger yeah. for these edge rushers. And this class is pretty small. I mean, they brought in Will McDonald, who was in the 230s. So they must be looking at some of these. I just don't know kind of what they're looking at of the smaller guys. I guess, you know, in McDonald's case, he's a freak athlete. Um yeah. Next guy, I think we're like at like twelfth. We're we're I like the pace we're going at. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think we're like twelfth on this list. Seventieth uh, on the consensus draft board. Andre Carter out of Army. Yes, Army. Length and strength guy. What his situation is going to be like 
we do not know in terms of his eligibility to actually play football. Um, military academies, the rules change constantly for these guys. And yeah. Andre Carter is easily going to be the highest draft pick out of one of these academies in a long time. Despite that, there has been no formal announcement about what his eligibility status is going to be like. So that is obviously a major factor when there's what three weeks ago before the NFL draft. With that being said, when I evaluated him, he is a long guy. Um, he ended up being 15 out of 15 on my draft board for the edge. Really? Wow. I think he's really stiff. Um, that army defense is really respected. A lot of people think that they get great coaching. Um, that head coach I'm spacing on his name right now. He's, he's a coach on the defensive side where most military academies usually go with like the offensive option, you know, run game type of hire at the head coaching spot. He's going to end up being a head coach at the power five level at some point. Um, So it's not like he wasn't getting a ton of coaching or anything like that. Stiff. I don't think he has a lot of bend. His agilities were actually quietly good from his pro day. He didn't do it at the combine, but he did at the pro day. I think he could be a power rusher if he gained weight, but he worked out as a linebacker linebacker at the senior bowl. And I just, he's too long and not good enough of a guy in terms of his change of direction to be able to do that. Plus you throw on the fact that you don't know if he's going to play for two or three years. I mean, big, big question marks. I think. I, uh, I did not watch him because of all the uncertainty. And then I heard uh, at the senior bowl that he really struggled. So not a guy actually of all the guys on this list, I think this is the only one I did not end up watching. Um, I watched a bunch of other random guys that were really disappointing to watch, but I did not watch the army kid. You can watch uh, 2021 him against Wake Forest and watch him going against Zach Tom. Oh, it's hilarious. Cause I've watched both of the Wake Forest games. Cause obviously, you know, army doesn't play a lot of power five teams, right? Cause they're on the independent schedule and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I watched both of the Wake Forest games just to get a look at him against, you know, power five offensive linemen. Our boy A.T. Perry doing (laughs) disrespectful stuff to troops, dude. Just running right by him. I think he had like 250 yards with like two longs of like 50 yards in both of those games. Disrespectful. As we've said on the wide receiver episode, I am am getting more and more excited about the possibility of A.T. Perry in the offense, but – so I need one in one in thirty-two chance, so we'll see. Zach Harrison, Ohio State, number seventy-six on the consensus draft board. He was the guy I had right behind Ojolari and the Northwestern kid, whose name I can't say and don't want to butcher. Um, okay, that's not bad. I thought I was going to like him less. I know you were you were trash talking him before we even got into this because I had to I have to deal with all these annoying Ohio State fans who are like he's going to be the next Bosa. He's the next Chase Young. He wasn't that. I mean, he was hyped up for years, but I mean, he's six five and a half, two hundred and sixty nine pounds. He's strong, can convert uh, speed to power with hand placement. I think his foot speed as like a chase down guy is pretty clearly below average, but his change of direction is actually pretty good for a guy who's damn near six six and two seventy pounds. Length and strength, he gets a lot of reps inside. I think his best reps might actually be inside on those pressure downs. Yeah, I agree. He's kind of the guy who, like, fits the Packers mold, and I'm like, 
I don't know. If they trade back in the second round, would I be upset if Zach Harrison was the draft pick? No, I don't think so. I mean, he's freaking huge on tape, right? Like, he just stands out. He's like yeah. a monster of a human. And then you're surprised at how well he moves. Like, is he the perfect edge rusher? Is he going to rush the passer consistently? No. But, like, from a physical tool standpoint, he's probably up there with a lot of the guys at the top of this class. It's just such a hard evaluation. I, I do see him as more as, like, a versatile piece you can move around, kick inside, you know, sometimes as a rotational guy, sometimes get out there as an edge. Um he's a weird one. Um, it's not what I expected when I saw like you, when you see it and turn on the tape and see him lined up, I think you have an image in your mind of what he's going to play like. And it wasn't that. Um, so I think it makes it a bit of a trickier evaluation. I don't know if I'm making sense there. I think like the way I envision his role, right. I think you, you want him, you draft him to be your third rusher. I don't think you draft him to be a starter but you draft him to be a third rusher and he can, he's going to be good enough at it that like, if you lose your star pass rusher in week one to a season ending injury, you don't have to go to the trade deadline and make a trade or go to the waiver wire or something like that and try to add a guy. Like he can fill in those reps and as the third edge rusher, he can then come and be like the interior pressure guy, you know, so Mm -hmm. you don't have to, spend a ton of money and have like an actual pass rushing defensive tackle who costs $25 million because he's doing that at 300 something pounds. So that's kind of how I see it. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. Um, The last guy on the edge rusher list, and then we'll talk about Tui Pelotu, uh, Byron Young. He's actually now just outside of the consensus top 100, 103. Uh, this is the other Byron Young. We talked top. about Byron Young from Alabama, the interior defensive lineman. On the other show, this one's the edge rusher out of Tennessee. Oh, boy, he can get shot out of a cannon. (laughs) And that's kind of it. It's really weird to watch him. So he's a really good chase player. Like that foot speed, that 4-4 completely translates to the field in a straight line. Um, Dances way too much when he has two-way goes, right? Like that's – he's the polar opposite of like Will McDonald knows how to rush the passer, right? Um as a stunter, just completely stonewalled right now. Don't yep. think he could play inside. So he's C-gap only. You want him jumping off the ball as fast as possible, getting into the backfield, and just using the fact that he is way faster than these offensive tackles right now. If you get your hands on him, he disappears a little bit. Um, true edge bender project. I don't know if you can get him on the field right now except for as like a third down designated pass rusher. I think I had him ranked two, three, four, uh, 12th out of the 15 guys. Um, Probably wouldn't even start thinking about drafting him until the third round. That's kind of where I'm at on him. That's, I mean, I have him as edge 13. I'm right there with you. And he'll probably drop back based on a couple of the shuffles after this conversation and going back and watching guys. Um, I will just real quick, I I'm in line with everything you said, so I don't really have anything else to have there. Actually, I will say this is kind of weird. A lot of our notes are very similar this episode, even if the rankings are a little different. Um, he has a weird story just cause he was an assistant manager at like a dollar tree saw it. And yeah, he's, he's, stuff. he saw like a flyer up for like community college football tryouts and he was like, yeah, yeah sure. I'll do it. And then when Juco and then to Tennessee's 
kind of his story, which is great. I mean, the guy ran a four, four and he's a pass rusher. Those guys don't grow on yeah. trees, you know? He isn't old. I think he's 24, 25, something around there. Something about Tennessee guys, man. They're they're all just ancient. We're I think at some point there's gonna be like a 32 year old going pro out of Tennessee. <laughs> just... He'll be an Aussie punter. <laughs> no, he'll be like a he'll be a guard or something. Just <laughs> start his career and a couple of years. Um yeah, I don't have much else to add from him. I think I just appreciate that story. He's super interesting because of the speed rush, but um, he's got a lot of work to do if he's going to be an, uh, more than just like a one-down player. Yeah. The last guy, and he technically – so if you want to look at him on the consensus draft board, you actually have to go to the defensive linemen, not the edge rushers. Uh, Tuli Tuli Pelotu, his brother Marlon, plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Tuli Pelotu played at USC, ranked 60th on the consensus draft board right now. Um, the reason I have him as an edge rusher and why you should too, he dropped a ton of weight between the season and when he showed up at the combine, he was kind of like a in the middle D line tweener, or is he a bigger edge rusher type of guy? And he kind of made that decision for everyone by showing up at the weight that he did. I think he's strong, I think he's squatty. Was surprised that, you know, he can drop in a coverage at that size. Um, yeah, I don't right. think he could be a drop end. Slanting inside is probably where he looks best. I think he can be like a Preston replacement, but it's just so funny. The fact that like he looks significantly shorter than like what Preston does, but they kind of play sort of the same. I have him uh, right between Harrison and Foskey is where I ended up ranking them. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, the weight dropping made me very sad. I actually had to move him across my big board from D-line to edge and put him in those rankings because he's edge 12 for me now. Um, the fact that he dropped all that weight, with his skill set and the way he was moving at 290, he didn't have the burst or get off right, like consistently bend the edge, but everything else was so good. He could have gained weight and been a, like a really rapid, quick D-lineman, like hovering around 300. It's it's a huge disappointment to me, I actually, because this was one of my favorite prospects I watched. I mean, he led the country in sacks. And I know yeah. we don't t- – what I appreciate about our conversations, I feel like we very rarely bring up stats to talk about these guys with evaluations. And I think because they get leaned on a lot by people. That I think the last time about. I brought up a stat was Sam Laporta's high school stats. Yeah. Hey, but well, like, I, I only like bringing in like the very weird stuff. <laughs> But it's not nothing, right? Like, led the entire country in sacks. Um, He's a super high-effort player. He's got length. He's got size. Like you said, for a guy at that size at 290, he was listed at college to move in coverage and be asked to do that. It is pretty jarring. Um, Super fun player. Uh, I I hope wherever he goes, he puts weight back on and tries to have him play on the D-line. But sounds like the advice he's getting is he's going to be an edge. And uh, it'll be interesting. But like you said, uh, he's not going to be a speed rusher. He's going to be more of these Preston Smith edge setting power guys. That's it. That's all the edge rushers. I do want to bring up one more thing. I got to find the damn link on our website. Uh, that the, the, This is terrible radio. There we go. Top 30 visits for the Packers. I just want to talk over some of these with you. Um, so guys that we've seen take literal Instagram story videos. At Lambeau, Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. He's our number one yes. ranked tight end. Yeah. We love that, don't we? We love that, don't we? 
And then Will McDonald, the edge rusher that we just talked about on this episode out of Iowa State. Third um, round will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> the other guys, safety Jamie Robinson out of Florida State. I graded him as a nickel. I'm pretty surprised that they brought him in. Um, yeah. Don't really know what to do with that because he doesn't really fit their mold of what they want to do. And his skill set doesn't really translate great to Joe Barry's defense outside of the nickel. And this team has 1,000 nickels and like once a half a safety right now. So if I had a nickel for every Packers yeah. nickel, there uh, uh, like 50 cents. Um, Dontavian Wicks, the wide receiver out of Virginia, ended up visiting Ooh, Packers. I forgot. I honestly in, forgot about that one. Uh, he was the one you told me to watch. I have not watched him because I was busy watching 15 edge rushers. I'm watching by next week. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. Uh, Jordan Howden, the safety out of Minnesota. He was a guy I was told the Packers were actually paying really close attention to at the pro day at Minnesota. Not surprised that he was brought in. He's a super athlete. Um, not certain he's going to be drafted. So that might yeah. be a situation where we're getting a Rich Passaccia special in undrafted free agency, and this guy ends up making the 53. Who knows? Another undrafted safety. Just so that's all they're going you for. I watched, I ended safety. up watching a little bit of him. He, he's been a starter there forever. He was a team captain. That's yeah. like all I know. I know he's athletic. The Packers were interested at the pro day. He came in on a visit. And he's a team captain. That's it. He occasionally gets picks and he likes attacking the flat. Yeah. And that's all I got. Did you think he was draftable? No. Okay. Sorry. That was right. mean. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Keaton Mitchell, running back, East Carolina, runs like the wind. Very small guy. Thought it was interesting that they're bringing him in. Obviously, Green Bay's had some uncertainty at that RB3 spot for a while now, especially, you know, midseason release of Kylan Hill. For a lot of the season last year, they only had two running backs on the 53-man roster, and they were calling up like Patrick Taylor off of the practice squad just to be active on game day. Um, A.J. Dillon's going to be a free agent this upcoming season. Mitchell doesn't feel like an A.J. Dillon replacement. He feels more like a – I don't even know if you want to say Aaron Jones. Replace. He, he feels more like um, Tyler Irvin or something like that, like an auxiliary player. Who can also be, you know, like a quote unquote running back. That's just kind of how I feel about the situation. He was the other guy that they brought in. There's only one player I want in that role in this draft class, and that man is five foot five, Deuce Vaughn. Deuce can do a little bit more than that, though. He's that's the problem with Deuce. He can block. There's a reason he's on Brooks Bullies this year, man. He again, I think I've told you it's like the Simpsons meme of the kid diving headfirst through the window. That's Deuce Vaughn blocking. Uh, Marty Mapu, safety, linebacker, hybrid out of Sacramento State. I think they brought him in because he has injury stuff. Um, okay. And I'm sure it's like a, we want to get an extra look there. I think that is more of a special teams undrafted free agent recruiting thing. Here are the big two. There's two more. Two more visits okay. that the Packers uh, – that, that have been reported that uh, the Packers have brought realize, in. Yeah. Two Tennessee guys. We told you. Right? What was it last week? We were like Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee. Goot was there. They like Hyatt. That's probably who they were going to visit. Now they bring in two other Tennessee guys to Green Bay, despite the fact that they were just in Knoxville. 
Darnell Wright, the left, the uh, right tackle who also played left tackle for a little bit, and then Hendon Hooker, the quarterback who people are now saying might go in the first round. The hell am I supposed to do with this, Tyler? Panama said he's going fifth overall to the Seattle Seahawks, the Panama 25-year-old with, inj- with injury history. Um, I I think it's yeah. sleeper cell. I think they brought him in for a visit to tell him how nice Minnesota is and that he'd be great in, on the Vikings and that he should play there for the rest of his career. That's what I, I was like. I hope they bring Hooker in and just, like, ask him questions about Jalen Hyatt. But uh, do you is think it- it's, it's smokescreen? It's like the Hyatt stuff got out. <clears throat> We gotta pretend that we were interested in someone else from Tennessee that wasn't Hyatt. I, I, I think it's I think it's twofold. You talk about they always want to bring in guys with injury history so they can take a look at them. So that's probably what they did there. Yeah. Casey falls. Maybe they consider him in the second round, which I wouldn't love. But it's it could be Brian Brahm all over again, right? That keeps getting mentioned. But more realistically, they probably want to talk to him about his teammates, which are Jalen Hyatt and Darnell Wright. The right one really interested me actually because. We had this discussion about value and everything at 15. Once you get past like the top 10 graded guys, which was like, there's like in this class, uh, there's like 40 guys. You could convince me they would take it 15 that I'm like, you know what? Sure. It's just like, there's a, there's a big drop off in tears after those top guys. Right. Could play right tackle here, man. He's uh, I mean, he might be able to play left tackle too, depending on what happens with Bakhtiari long-term. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think so. I'm pulling up the Packers depth chart on our lads right now. Okay, starting lineup, right? David Bakhtiari at left tackle. He got a salary converted. There's no chance that he's going to be traded this offseason. Next year, they have a big decision to make where I think his cap hit coming in is going to be like $40 million or something like that, right? So maybe cap casualty next year. This year, he's a starter. Ellen Jenkins just signed a huge contract, not going anywhere. Josh Myers, starting center. Um, He's okay. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Zach Tom pushed them for starting reps uh, in training camp, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere either. Cheap rookie contract, just he's not moving on. John Runyon, um, contract is coming up, but you're getting huge value out of that guy. And, he's been awesome. Yeah, I mean, if he gets another contract, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Right? He tackle, wasn't as, I don't think he was as good last year, but he was phenomenal in 2021. Yeah. One penalty in his whole career somehow. Wow. Josh Nyman on a one-year deal. Once he signs it, he's a restricted free agent still technically for, I think, another two weeks, if my timeline is correctly. So someone could give up a second-round pick to sign him to a contract long-term. I don't think it's that that deal isn't coming if it hasn't already happened. Then Zach Tom off the bench. Uh, Sean Ryan, who was a third-round pick last year. Royce Newman, who still has two years on his contract. Rashid Walker was signed or was drafted in the seventh round uh, last year. Um, Jake Hansen still technically is on the team. Don't really know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Caleb Jones was a guy that they valued enough that was on their 53 the entire season um, and NFI, I guess, because he had mono. And then Luke Tenuta, who they picked up off of waivers, was the draft pick for the Indianapolis Colts. He was a rookie last year, too. That's a lot of names. A lot. That's why I didn't think that they were in the, the offensive line market. And I understand you can cut all that down and say there's no promise that Bakhtiari and Nyman are going to be the starting tackles for the team next year. Yeah. But they still have all these bodies that they seem that are seemingly invested in. They seemingly like 
They have so many holes on the roster, and their cap situation is in such a bad spot. I thought that they would redirect it into other other positions, basically. Yeah. But if they're going to yeah. look at tackles, right? Really like his movement skills and all that. Anton Harris, the the kid out of Oklahoma, super really athlete too. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Broderick Jones honestly, but Paris Johnson. I don't think he's going to be there. Peter Skaronsky might end up being there. Obviously, his grandpa's you know Packers Hall of Famer, so that would be a cool story. People are looking at him more as a guard than a tackle. I think. Um, yeah. The kid out of Northwestern, but yeah, I mean, if they if you want to use fifteen attack, like this is kind of the year to draft an offensive lineman at 15. Like I think everyone talks about the tight end class and stuff like that being so deep. Like the tackle class I think is being really underappreciated right now. Cause the way I see it, it, I I haven't seen Jones, but if, if Jones is anywhere as good as people make him out to be, that's five tackles that are easy first round picks and a class that don't have a lot of easy first round picks. Jones and Paris Johnson are like one A one B OT one for me right now. Like they're both completely different players, but they're both very fun. Um, yeah, man, I I would get it. I wouldn't be it wouldn't be like the most exciting pick, but I could get it. I I do love Wright's hand usage. You're not going to see a lot of guys uh, that can work counter moves at the college level on pass rushers again, especially SEC pass rushers. He was a fun watch. Yeah, I don't. I'm not totally sold on his anchor, but we've talked about that before. That uh, that doesn't stop guys from becoming NFL greats, just like right. Bakhtiari. I saw a lot of right this week. I'll take him. I saw a lot yeah. of right because a lot of these guys are SEC pass rushers. Um, I don't want to run through 15 names, so I'm just going to leave it at, if you want the full rankings, go to uh, APC, and we'll have it all written up and stuff like that. I think next week, because we're out of positions now, Right? We've done it. We've safety, tight end, defensive line, wide receiver, edge rusher. We've got the big five needs. I think what we're going to do next week is go through and do the gold stars to like our guys at each position. That sound good to you? Yeah. Do we make a big board out of that at some point? Yeah, Um, let's do it. We can throw it up on the site. I like that. We'll do that. Um, We're almost there. We're almost there, man. 20 days from today. I'm about to blow off some steam by going to WWE SmackDown, Friday SmackDown, <laughs> dude. Where is it at? So Portland? Excited. Portland, Motor Center. I've never watched wrestling in my life. I don't think I've ever told you that. What? Really? Never. Ever? Ever. Oh, my goodness. See, big Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Hulk Hogan, like bad Hulk Hogan, dressed in all black, Kurt Angle fan over here you're speaking i don't i don't speak italian oh my goodness all right go pat go (laughs) more to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 